Uh, oh, you know what time it is. It's another Drelax podcast hosted by the CDB Multimedia Network. As you can see, I'm wearing my Tom Schreiber jersey. That's right, because he's back to back. Number one, baby. Uh, while I have you here, make sure you check out the other podcast on the network. That is Susio Sports, the Susio Boys podcast, the Drelax podcast, Aim High, hosted by your boy Dre as well. Uh, Four Corners of Commentary, Shogun Soccer Sit Down, A Different Angle with Kyle and Rod, and the CDB Podcast. Wonderfully, wonderfully done. Uh, Also, as you can see, for those of y'all that are going to watch this on YouTube, I am joined by not one, but three guests this week. Uh, Gentlemen, please go ahead and take time to introduce yourself. Brian, we'll start with you as a returning guest, and then we'll go to Neil, and uh, Jackson, we'll go to you. Yeah, it's your boy Brian. Brian knows Lax on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Okay. <laughs> That's quick. Yeah, 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 just very quick. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't have the Brandon in the tagging yet, you know. Right. <laughs> Short, right, sweet. Go ahead, Neil. I was definitely waiting for more. Um, I'm Neil of I am Neil Barrett. Some people may know me all the way back from Cardinal Lacrosse days. Um been doing this for a long time i'm on instagram x twitter whatever um i think i'm even on tiktok i'm not really on there much but yeah jackson yeah <laughs> i'm jackson i'm at uh blake van on twitter uh all your archers news come come see me <laughs> yes yes oh uh, gentlemen y'all already know why we here because the pll top 50 dropped this week and some of it a lot of it is egregious. Uh, we're going to get into that. So real quick, um, we're going to just go section by section. So we'll we'll just do 10 at a time because, you know, unlike some people, we can do 10 names in, in, in different segments. So uh, gentlemen, first things first, we're going to break it down. So starting from 50 and going down, we got Troy Ray. Charlie Bertrand, Ethan Walker, Ryan Drenner, Jared Newman, Mike Chanonchuk, Matt Moore, Dane Smith. We'll get back to that. Ben Randall, Latrell Harris. We will also go. We will also uh, break down with that right there. So, gentlemen, out of that, out of those names from fifty to forty-one, which ones stand out as the most egregious ones to you? We'll start with you, Neil. I mean, it's. It's clearly Dane Smith, right? Um, 43 is insane. Um, I the, the, the thing that people, I think, don't see, because I know you guys follow me, you, you see me, I've, I've pointed it out several times, was that Dane set the Premier Lacrosse League's assist record this year with 25. Um, and he did it in only eight games, because he... He missed one for the NLL uh, finals and one for um, getting engaged. Um, so he, in eight games, he set the record. He he did that at the same time that Jeff Teeth did it as well. So um, so Jeff Teeth is being recognized for it, but Dane Smith isn't. But all that to say that while while setting a record, he dropped what was it twenty three places, I believe, something like that, um, from what he was ranked last year. Um, while also being 12th in the league in points, um, second uh, second most from the midfield, 
um, leading the chaos in points, and he was ranked 43. And I, I know we're all going to say, like, that's, that's clear – Arguably the most egregious thing on this this whole list. Uh, there's there's one more that might give it a little bit of a run for our money that I'm sure we'll, we'll get to later. Um, but but I, I mean, Dane Smith has got to be regarded as one of one of probably the top five best lacrosse players on the planet, uh, just across the board. Uh, box sixes, field anything doesn't matter what we're playing. He's probably one of the top five that you would just line up, and and he's ranked forty third. And he plays in two leagues back to back with very minimal rest time in between the two. And yeah. so let's see. Uh, I think like he played in the world in the world games too, right? Didn't he for mm-hmm. Canada? So for Canada. You, so you jump from NLL to PLL to World Games to back to PLL, and uh. Arguably, I don't know. Uh, honestly, if anybody wants to argue this with me, you can argue with the wall. But Dane Smith and Josh Byrne were two of the reasons why Canada was smoking folks, and why and why they're also two of the biggest reasons why anytime the U.S. plays Canada, it is a tough contested game because you got to deal with those two, and those two are like playing Golden State if they had two Steph Curry's. You you're you're not gonna shut them down the whole game. You can limit them as best as you can, but you can't make them not a factor. So yeah, being, well, you, you look you look at look at the run that Dane went on too. I mean he he played in the in the championship two years ago. Um, went back to the NLL finals, came back, played the PLL sixes, back to the PLL, and then won in NLL finals. I mean he's he's just he's basically had no days off for two years. And and the Olympics or the World Games this past year, I mean he's he's just one of the best there is. Period. I like uh, when when it comes to Dane Smith and uh, not to move on, but uh, Latrell Harris, uh, justice for Treasy. But when it comes mm-hmm. to those two, uh, somebody's hating. That's there's no other way about it. Like like I I genuinely want to know the criteria that was with this list besides it being a player voted list either it was player voted with a little bit of coaches input or like it was all players because if it's just all players that voted somebody's hating because you can't look at the numbers that those two put up and justify being 41 and 43 like Latrell Harris was the short stick defensive midi of the year there's no reason any other short stick defensive middies should be ranked higher than him on this list it's it's insane so one thing i wanted to point out and we'll talk about this several times i'm I'm quite sure the players themselves apparently and i just i literally just found this out this week um the players vote for the award finalists i didn't i didn't know that and then and then i think it's media and coaches um uh, some other people then vote they take that list and then they vote who the actual winner will be so in the case of Dane Smith, and again, as we'll, we'll keep going, Dane Smith was voted a finalist for the Midfielder of the Year Award by the players. But then those same players then turned around and voted him 43rd best in the league. I counted today, including uh, in, including short sticks, which is maybe not exactly a, a fair thing to include because they are 
kind of considered their own category, but including midfielders, there were nine midfielders in front of Dane Smith on this list. Nine. That's, That's insane. insane. <laughs> That's insane. insane. Yeah. Like if they're if they're using like I guess like personal feelings, then I guess it makes <laughs> sense. But like you, if you're using numbers to try to justify putting Dane Smith at forty three. I, I like legitimately I thought it was an error when I saw yeah. that. when when yeah. when Neil first posted the photo of where Dane Smith was on Twitter, I was like, somebody's lying. There, there, there's an error. It, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And then the the thing that gets me is that there is no criteria. From my, my from what I've been told, they are told to I've heard varying reports they are told to rank 20 25 or or a full 50 and there are no guidelines there are no things and guys guys vote for teammates and friends and stuff over more qualified individuals and, and but even that makes me wonder okay but e- even even if I'm voting friends and buddies there's no there's there I can't I can't believe there's anyone in the league, much less a league full of people that voted Dane Smith that low. Because if he's 43, that means lots of people didn't have him on the list. Lots of people had him lower than 43. So, so I, I, like, I just can't envision any player. And, the, and people keep saying to me, oh, the players vote. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about. And I'm like, do, do they? <laughs> like, uh, like, legitimately, do they? Or, or, like, what's happening here? Because the the players there's no way players look at Dane Smith and think he's the 43rd best player like i just don't same same thing with Treasy. How, how there's no way you win short stick defensive midi of the year and you are not in the 20s at the, well, at the yeah <laughs> yeah so so that was that's i'm glad you brought that back up because that was that was kind of my point is that the players vote for the finalists so he so they did make him a finalist which i think still holds your point true but winning the award is not on them. They didn't necessarily put him okay. number one. So, so in in that in that case, I can say okay, okay. When when it came to them actually ranking them, maybe they had a different order. But then you still look at at how many dudes were in front of of Latrell Harris, and you're like, that there's no way it doesn't well, make any sense. Jackson, I think somebody, I think it was in like your mentions, somebody was talking to you about like him getting injured, but like he got injured the last three games of the yeah, season. He, he, he got injured in that Water Dogs game to close the season, played mm-hmm. through a torn ACL, and then missed the entirety of the playoffs. But he put you know ten games worth of great tape out there i mean he was he was a fifth pole for sure and something that people don't talk about about latrell harris is that he took two rookies and turned them into absolute studs i mean you you watch that last play of the game where connor marr is giving it his absolute all i mean obviously there's a little bit of that in him but he's learning from the front uh with latrell harris there too so um you know also piper bond shout out to piper bond (laughs) yep uh, Ryan, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree with um, what everybody's been saying because just looking at the list, um, this like first and foremost, I don't think any of us are coming from the camp like we know better than everybody else. Everybody else is wrong. This is why we're right. So just put that precursor out there because, you know, people, they can get in their feelings a little bit. Not at all saying that I know better than anybody else or like my 
like my, my my thoughts are gospel on this. But I mean, like yeah, what everybody said, especially you know, Dane sticks out. Everything Neil said because I would put Dane in my top ten. That's just me. Treasy's got to be higher. We'll get into the list because I'm I'm looking at it from two perspectives. You have the fifty list, but in terms of your position, so I don't see there being three or four short stick D mids that are better than Latrell Harris. But I mean, with th- things that they got right, like I was glad to see Ben Rando get some recognition because Ben Rando is one of those guys because you know always come from the defensive perspective. Like just not he's not real flashy. He's not scoring goals. You know, the the, the, the most well known highlight of him might be or will be like when he scores and like this is his first goal since he was in high school or something like that. So he's or not coming from a that. pivotal ground ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. He did the little things where I can guard number ones the entire season. I'm more so I'm more than holding up, and I'm still I'm, I'm playing well. I'm crushing it. I, we'll get into it later with, with Apple because the, the cause turnover thing. I hate that always being brought up. Where it's when we talk about polls, it's always like the goal, the goal scoring with LSMs. That's the only thing they ever talk about. Or if you're a close defenseman, how many cause turnovers you have. Just like a corner in football has no. Like, there's no bearing, right? Like, yeah, you might have the most interceptions because you're getting picked on the most, right? So, so yeah, so just with that, so I was glad, I'm glad with, at least with that, that Ben Randall got got his recognition. Got to shout out Charlie Bertrand being from Syracuse, you know, the suburbs, Baldwinsville, because somebody from Beaville is going to come for me because I'll say he's from Beaville, not Syracuse. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, you know, good to see a Q's kid, 315 kid in there. Jenner, I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad with Jenner. That he get guys recognition plays well because in one of those positions, attacking midi, he can switch anywhere. Glad to see Jared Newman. I know he gets a lot of flat. You I know. think he should have been a little higher, but okay, yeah, yeah. And and, and I can see a lot a lot of people saying it because every same thing. It was fashion shot in the league. That's all everybody talks about. But defensively, he's done way better the last couple of years because he may not necessarily be your number one. Because we know that it's Rowlett, but he's been doing well. That's like maybe that second guy, the quarterback in the defense. I think he did a great job. So, yeah. It's just because, like, the, the chaos defense, uh, when when he when when he is the shot caller, you can just see that they play a little bit, little bit grittier. Like, if 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 Jack gets in the box or if um, if uh, Ray gets a penalty, he's like he's the shot caller. Right. If Jack's out there, he uh, Jack's calling the plays, but they he compliments Rowlett so well, right? And Troy Ray has started to grow into his own and start to compliment that defense as well. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like Newman should have been a little higher. That's just my opinion, right? Yeah, but uh, I I was really happy to see Matt Moore on there. He's he's really growing. Yeah, one of those unsung guys, man. Yeah, yeah, you Poor, know, I think he had. I think he had three or four points in the championship and, and really stepped in when, when Grant was out. Um, I mean, he's just one of those guys that you can kind of plug and play anywhere. Um, but yeah, really, really happy to see my guy in there. Uh, yeah, see, absolutely. Shift, shifting over to uh, 40 to 31, we've got, um, we've got Will Bowen, TD Erlin, Tucker Dordovic, Matt Dunn, Colin Kirst, Jack Keelty, Jack Hanna, Mike Sis, Ethan Rawl, and Grant Amon. Uh, let's see, and and then they got their they got their twenty twenty two ranking. So, uh, Bowen, Erlin, Dordovic, obviously, Cursed, obviously, and then uh, Kilty and uh, Sisselberger and Rawl were obviously not on these lists last year, uh, but. Um, 
Matt Dunn has fallen from 17 to 37. Um, and Grant Amon has fallen from 22 to 31. And then Jack Hanna has jumped up from 42 to 34. Uh, let's see. So, uh, gentlemen, thoughts on those uh, those changes in the rankings for the people that were ranked? And then we'll get to the non-ranked people uh, after that. I, I think part of the reason that Amon and Dunn fall, uh, I think Amon probably, I mean, he missed how many games? You know, four or five this four year. Four or five. Um, yeah, and then he struggled you know, to get back in. Yeah, right. I mean, he, obviously, you see what kind of player he is. He had what seven, eight points in that first mm-hmm. first round of the playoff game against the Redwoods. Um, and then with Matt Dunn, I mean, it's probably just team struggles. You, you think um, the whole instead of just in parts. I mean, I think Matthew Dunn is one of the you know better defensemen in the league, um, but just because of how the Whip Snakes finished this this past year, that may have reflected a little bit on him. I like the jump for Jack Hanna. He really did. He really did step it up a lot because he had he had uh, 19 points this season, nine one point goals and three two point goals. But the thing that they won't list about that won't be noted about those two point goals is they caused pivotal shifts in those games. And the like his his two pointers is like Randy Orton's RKO. They will just come out of nowhere because everyone is expecting a two pointer from Courier from. Um, from Connor, they're expecting it. They like Sowers will give you a few, but if you told people that Jack Hanna's about to start giving you two pointers, they'd look at you like, "What? No, he's not." <laughs> but those goal, those two pointers did come in pivotal games. Uh, I remember one. I think one of them was in the championship game, and I was like, as a as an Archers fan, I'm over here on the edge of my seat, and I'm like, "Oh, let's go, pour it on!" And then all of a sudden, Jack Hanna with a two pointer, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? That I one in the, in the in the last game, yeah, of the regular right. season. That one that he scored, that won them that game. It was like, what, what the hell is happening? Like, you know, actually, I guess what won them the game was the one where was the was the flub, wasn't it? But yeah. the one that he had the one that tied the that game. I got guess. him, got him back into it for sure. Right, right. So, I like that. Um, TD Erlin, I felt like. I mean, I know he's on. He went from being not ranked to being on the list, but in terms of like performance, I just uh, let's see. He was at sixty-eight percent for faceoffs. I don't know. I felt like he did. Like he won more. I, I get the change with the faceoff rules. Definitely, probably impacted some of these faceoff guys' performance because it's more like, oh, do I really want to go all out to get this ball? And I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have twenty seconds to do something with it. But I just felt like he he looked a lot better last year. Yeah, you know. And you know, teams got film on him and you know, sometimes he's going up against a, a pole or you know, if he's going up against Baptiste, like you're losing that. So sixty eight though was second in the league, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So for me I felt like a lot of it a lot of it which again kind of comes back to why I have a, a bit of an issue with this is for him, it, it felt like a regression, even though statistically it was probably a little bit better. I think the fact that, that face-offs were so much less less important, they, the, their importance was – yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to say it anymore without well, offending Real quick, people, for but, anyone that's, that's new to – like this is your first 
episode of this podcast by chance. Um, real quick with the face-off rules, they went from what? It used to be 52 seconds to, uh, what, what's it, 32 seconds 32. now? Yeah, 32 seconds for your uh, shot clock. So if you win your face-offs, which unfortunately the Chrome found this out a lot because uh, Milkman was winning his face-offs a lot, but he was drawing to the defensive side of the field. And, you know, if you're on the defensive side, you go from winning your face-off and however much time you have to having anywhere from 12 to from 20 to 12 seconds to do something with the ball offensively and get set up. And your offense takes at least 8 to 10 seconds to get set up in before you're having yeah. to give the ball over. So yeah, so, change. Yeah, so so th- there was something about that and cuz cuz uh was ranked higher. I think there was something about about Sisselberger coming out of nowhere and people not really knowing. I mean, obviously he was he was very well touted coming out of Lehigh, but but they there's always a little bit of like percentage. Sisselberger and Erlen have the same percentage. Uh Erlen has 118 ground balls. Sisselberger has 115. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. So I, I think there was something about Sisselberger not not knowing what to expect and, and everything and coming out and being impressive and being that guy for the archers that that kind of pushed them over the. I mean, obviously the archers have had one of the better offenses their whole five years, but but that they they've always needed. And you have a jersey on. You have a jersey on. You're making me want to go put my jersey on. Like I, I've been watching them for five years. I, me and Jackson have been in that that group chat. You know. Um, <laughs> Like we know that the the big the the weakness that they had was that face off and and he addressed it and and so there was some I, I it feels like there was an element of even if Sisselberger was or wasn't as good and and that's debatable obviously um they're so close we can we can debate that but it felt to me like there was a there was an element of him being a little bit of a surprise and feeling like face offs weren't quite as important and thus. TD's impact, and that's maybe why he dropped. I, you know, I don't know. We're, well, we're... and I and I think that with you also got to think, Erlin is what this is his sophomore season. So with with Sisselberger, he's kind of got that like that like Brock Purdy type of situation when Purdy came in, where it's like you've got nothing to lose if you if you lose your faceoffs. Well, you're a rookie; everyone's expecting veterans to beat you. But if you win your face-offs, you have everything to gain. You've now got the momentum. You've now got the surprise. You There is something dangerous when someone has nothing to lose. There's that that freedom, that that unrestricted play style they can get, which is why you get a Tucker Dordovic on the list. You get a Colin Kirst on the list. You, you even get somebody like Jack Hanna, who's been playing for years on the list, because, you know, you when you have nothing to lose – you just let it all go and you just are like, let's go give it a hundred percent. Worst case scenario, I lose who knows. So I think that's what the difference was in terms of like how they looked out on the field. I think he also handled the prevent a lot better. I mean, mm-hmm. he was getting hounded by poles and he's just bit, I mean, he's what two Oh five, two fifteen. I mean, you, and a you're former just not, college wrestler. Yeah. yeah he takes that. He line. takes that. Contact. Um, and so he was able to soak some of those checks and really get the ball. And I think the archers picked up on it early enough where they started running two offensive midfielders or like a Trey LeClaire and a Ryan Ogivan that could kind of go both ways. And so they didn't have to sub anybody but him. 
to get their offense going in that shorter time clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see. Do you do you guys feel like anyone's placement in this section, uh, like they should be lower or higher? Do you have anyone in there? Uh, Ethan Roll should be lower. Okay. Oh. And I, but it, 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 for people to be like, what do you like? He loves Ethan Roll. What do you mean lower? I'm saying lower as in he should be like in the top 25 because I'm with why everybody okay. was talking. Okay. Let me be clear. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I because my, my brain's just like low, lower ranking, but it's high higher, you know, you know, yeah. every, but in nine games, 20 cost turnovers, 30 ground balls. I was there like anybody knows me. I was talking about Ethan Raw all season on Twitter, like the impact he had from because because we as we as everybody was talking about with, with sis. And um, but just with the faceoffs and everything, and Aaron, how that happened, I think he's one of those polls that proved himself to be so much more valuable. And I think that was what was left off because what frustrated me with when him with him not winning the LSM of the year was that he does everything. Like he, he didn't do with Earhart, he didn't have eight goals in a couple of games, but he was able to face off. Okay, if I lose the face off, I probably will. I'm playing actual good defense. I'm taking the ball away from being an undrafted rookie, right? Because. Small league undrafted to me honestly doesn't mean that much because it was, but it's just like he just did so well and he made himself all over the field. Like Ethan Ross up on the field, just like thirty five is is popping up everywhere. So like they need for, to rename again, uh, that LSM of the year award for Earhart. They need to rename that. I award. mean, apparently so, right? Because it becomes like a yeah. lifetime achievement award because the best season from an LSM this year was Ethan Ross. So I, I think because again, you know, as Neil was saying. Like buddies, his first year in the league, he's got nine games in. But if we're objectively just looking at the type of season he had, he to me easily top twenty-five. And if anybody wants to come at me, I'll t- I can I'll, we'll we'll place all the LSM and defenders, and I'll t- and I'll switch them around because I'm, I'm the what about and you have to take somebody out. I have players I can take out, move around easily. And, so for him, that was the one. For that I anyone thought. listening, if you get offended by any of our opinions, because these all are all opinions. First off, we have no hate for any uh, people no. on this list. We're we're merely just giving our personal feedback and reaction. So hopefully nobody takes this personally. And if you do, well, go talk to your mama. Argue with the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, uh, gentlemen, moving on to the um, the this is I know it's going to get real uh, dicey as we get higher up on the list. Um, this is 30 to 21. So we got uh, Scary scary Terry, Ryan Terrafinko, uh, Zach Goodrich, JT Giles Harris, Brad Smith, Connor Kelly, Bubba Fairman, Rob Pinnell, Chris Gray, Dylan Ward, Matt Rambo. And in terms of their rankings, Terrafinko dropped from 26 last year to 30. Goodrich dropped from 20. Uh, Goodrich stayed the same, actually. You know, uh, JT Giles Harris went from 14 to 28. Huge drop. Brad Smith went from 19 to 27. Another significant drop. Connor Kelly went up four spots from 30 to 26. Fairman wasn't ranked last year. Pinnell stayed the same spot. Chris Gray went up from 33 to 23. Dylan Ward dropped from 16 to 22. We'll get more into that. But the most significant drop on this list, Matt Rambo went from nine to twenty-one. So we'll we'll start with that one because that that is a for having twenty-five points, fourteen one-point goals, and eleven assists. That's still a significant drop. Uh, I'm not saying he should have been in the top ten, but nine to twenty-one is a huge drop. Right. It's a 
It's the same thing as before. Injuries and, and team performance, I think, kind of held him back a little bit here. I mean, what? how many games did he miss? Three or, or so with that, whatever happened to his wrist and, yeah. you know, the whip snakes not making it. Because his wrist got injured, what, game three? And then he missed he missed a few heading into the break. And then uh, him missing leading into the break, because he didn't play in the world games, right? Because he missed out. He missed out on that, right? No, he. I think it might. No, he did. He did. Is that when he hurt in the World Games? Yeah, he played in the World Games. I think he got hurt in that same game that Burnlore got hurt in. Yep. Uh, On the second half of the year. Poor poor Burnlore. He he actually only missed one game. He played in nine games. Okay. I don't know that he played in all of nine games, but he did play in nine games. Okay. Okay. Okay, see, this is why I have more than just me, because then I got people that let me know, hey, you're wrong, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, injuries for him and Dylan Ward, because I know Dylan Ward missed a lot of times because it ended up being DeLuca that was playing. He was on yeah. paternity yeah. leave, though. Or paternity, yeah, paternity he, leave. Pa- paternity leave, yeah. Right. And, and Rambo, Rambo, I think even when he was playing, he, he was playing her. I mean, he – he finished behind Tucker Dordovic and Will Manny on his own on his own team in his own in his own not in his own position. I guess Tucker, Tucker's a, a, a midfielder, but um, and then Jackson Morrill, who only played with the Whips for a week, but technically on the on the list, he he is a Whip Snakes player, and he finished behind them. So um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how Chris Gray got. I'm trying to figure out if there's in, like how Rambo got ranked ahead of Chris Gray because Chris Gray has more yeah. points. So yeah, we gotta have a conversation about Chris Gray and a player in the top ten and how they absolutely should be switched. But we'll get to that I, later. That's just a precursor. I think Chris Gray. I think his his number one issue on why on why like these rankings don't rank him higher is because he does it and like nobody notices. Like right, he's so he's so just like um you know kind of in the in the cut like doing his thing and he can score impressive goals he can score good goals but. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't celebrate it. They're not really like – there's just something about him that that you don't remember, as weird as that is, because he's because he's clearly a very good player. But it's it's like you just forget about him. Like you you watch him play, and you're like, holy crap, this guy's good. And then you you 10 minutes later, you've forgotten that you watched him play or something. Well, it's like that, the silence on Doctor Who, how like when you look away from them, you've forgotten you saw him. Right. <laughs> Right, it's like that. Like he'll do this. He'll he'll do this amazing stuff. But all everybody's thinking about is, oh, look, there's Jeff T. Oh, there's yep, Jeff yep. T. There's like, and it's like Chris Gray's right there, guys. He's fourth in the league in points. Fourth. Exactly. And now that you got Miles Jones, it's really like, oh, there's Miles Jones. Oh, there's there's Jeff T. And there's Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that, that might be it to Neil's point. It's kind of similar with Dane Smith, where it's just like we come, we ball out, and we're not pushed on social media because when people, because to what like Neil said, I, I, I know who it, I, I know who it was, and I saw the conversation there was happening where it's like the players aren't watching. Players very much can be just as fans are. Just think NBA, NFL. You see the highlights. You're not. You're, they play. They they you know showering on their flights. They're going back home, so they may not see all the see all the plays. And just like Neil said, Chris Chris Gray's not screaming in the screen. You know he's not getting shoved down everybody's throats. I'm not saying that negatively um, towards anybody else, but he's just not. He's just not. Yeah, just out there. Same thing with Dane Smith. Dane Smith to have six, seven assists in a game. Nothing. Six to seven assists the next game, nothing. 
And is it is yeah. this like it's it's just that kind of get, figure out where that disconnect is happening? Where it's just like okay, just because I'm not talking doesn't mean I'm just I'm I'm not as good and better than a lot of the other people on his list. Because that's like criminal. That that's one of those things where I'm like, man, and for he's consistent. For anyone listening, here's the stats for Chris Gray real quick. 37 points, 20 goals, two two-point goals, and 13 assists. So try to remember those numbers for when we get higher up in the list. Two-point two goals for an attackman. Like, what, what are, what's happening? Right. <laughs> Who, yeah, think- can you see real quick? Is anybody – is any other kind of attackman in that, that top tier? Do they have that many two-point goals? Uh, Mac O'Keefe had four, I think. Zed Williams had. I forget zero. about Mac. I forget about Mac. Yeah, Zed but Mac, Williams. but Mac more so plays. He's he's like he he's playing at the top. He's more so like a midi playing. Connor, right. Connor Fields right. had zero. Kieran McCardle had zero. Uh, Sowers, I'm sure, had zero. Yep. Yeah, Pinnell probably had zero. Like uh, Zed Williams had zero on that. So and they're Two. twenty through eleven. Because was it home? I think what Holman would probably be the only. It's like true attack. Yeah, maybe. Ryder Garnsey yeah. didn't even have. Or Josh Burns didn't have any two pointers. Asher didn't have any two pointers. Marcus uh, Holman's the only attackman, and he has one two point goal. Yeah, Tyler yeah, Kelly's got five. O'Keefe's got four. Dordovic had five. Chris Ozlanian had four. And and Ram Rapworth is a pole. Yeah, it's that dude can just. I mean, he can he can hit like the, this little teeny target. Remember, there's the there's the famous interview of him of like. How much did you see? Like, oh, I just saw the corner and I hit <laughs> I like, that's that what hit. like whatever. Well, yeah. And the yeah, crazy so. part with Chris Gray is a lot of these goals are because the, the Atlas struggled this year. We're not going to act like they didn't. They right. had a big time struggle. And so they were on defense a lot. Their offense turned the ball over a lot. A lot of his goals ended up being transition goals. Like, just off of him playing defense and getting the defenders to turn the ball over to mishandle that. Like his, it's not just his offense. That's good. His defense is solid, which is something that's valuable in your attack, man. Cause if you can get the ball back and score in transition, Hey, you're probably winning them games. Yeah. I think the goal, the game that they took the archers to overtime in the second half of the season, I think he dropped the most casual seven points I've ever seen. It was the most mm-hmm. quiet seven points I've right. ever witnessed in my life. Nobody was going crazy about it because he dropped seven points and then all social media is this, well, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating. This Ryder Garnsey goal was amazing, but that's all that was on their social media page. Nothing nothing really about Chris Gray's seven-point well, goal. You know, <laughs> Captain America stepped down, you know, game winner in overtime. Mm-hmm. That's probably all they were pushing at that point. But like I said, <laughs> just just casual. I mean, it looked like he wasn't even breaking a sweat. Right. Well, because I think he had seven goals, and then what? Teat had four that one, right? I think something like that. They both they both were popping off that game. Like that's that's the that's the interesting thing. Speaking of interesting, we got to note Rob Pinnell's consistency. I I I'm not I'm not necessarily mad at his placement because. Rob Pinnell also had a quiet year this year, which is funny to say because it, he had 34 points, 15 goals, and 19 assists. But it we, we've been watching. We most of us have been, that have been watching have seen Rob Pinnell do this since his Cornell days, since his yeah. days with the Lizards. Like he he is he is not gonna. He is not gonna uh, be the like Mister Ra Ra like 
when he hit his 300th career point, he was they, they were trying to talk to him about it, and he was like, he was like, yep, it happened. That was like that's like he's just Mister. I'm here to do my job. I'm gonna do the game, and everything else is whatever after that. So that was that was interesting, but you know, uh, consistency. Yeah. You can't hate that. He was also carrying a pretty bad Redwoods midfield for most of the yeah. year. I mean, just – I mean, the Twin Towers before they traded Miles Jones. I mean, I think I don't think Sergio Perkovic had a, had a point this year. Perk I mean, just, and, and Romar had some bad year seasons this year. I mean, it was it was really on – I mean, obviously Ryder had that, what, what seven-goal performance in their first week. Mm. All of their points were coming from, from their attack. I mean, I think maybe in the first half, I think the Archers beat them – like 13 to three. Yep. Just because they had no initiation from the midfield. And so that's just a testament of, you know, Pinnell scoring 34 points when a large focus of the defense is, is on that, that attack line. Well, and, and I mean, they also had a game this year where, where that attack line and, you know, the rest of their offense, because think about the rest of their offense, miles Perk, Jules. like, it's not like they don't have, have the guys, they have the guys, but they had a game where they scored three points this year, three goals this year. Like, you know, they just they. It felt like a team that that they could that it was always something, and it was never the same thing. Yeah, you 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 fix what the problem was last week, and that you would have a new problem. So yeah, they were like the okay. New York Jets. <laughs> you just didn't know <laughs> yeah. which version was going to show up. Right. And it's right. there's not it's not for a lack of talent. All these no, there's yeah, not a single not. person in this league that doesn't have talent. Um, obviously they were down Charlie at the Bertrand highest level. for a little bit. They it's it's one of those things where like I think they couldn't figure themselves out. They 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 had no like team identity this season. That's probably one of the things I noticed the most was just the the Redwoods didn't have an identity like Perk usually is your solid your solid midfielder who's going to get you them long range goals who's going to be the one that steps down boom put uh put goals in the back of the net uh same thing with Miles like Miles and and Perk used to be threats but this year like I don't know what happened to them. I, I, it was like it was like watching the the NBA superstars lose their their talent on uh, on Space Jam because like they they just were shells of them former selves. Like there were no there were, there were no threats. <laughs> yeah, Miles, Miles and Romar got new life in them when they when they got traded. But prior to that, it was just like wow, it so. was just it was crazy. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully. Um, at least in Romar's case, hopefully the sixes uh, really gets gets them uh, back to life. I'm really excited to get to go to that. Uh, yeah, they'll be I'm, dangerous I'm really in that, especially that because Ricky is getting to play lacrosse again. Ricky Miel's on the NCAA denied his last year of eligibility, which I still think that was wrong. But the Redwoods picked him up for sixes, so that's going to be great. I hope he shows out, and I hope he gets a he gets signed by a team so um Bubba Fairman. oh yeah sorry yeah yeah you said yeah you said Bubba yeah that's what I was about to yep. Yep. talk about is this the part where we have the conversation about the short stick defensive middies because again Treasy's at 43 Ryan Fagel's at 30 every single day yeah, yeah. so the, the same conversation so he had he scored more points so is this how we're defining them as defensive middies like I love Zach Goodrich so I think Zach Goodrich is a place where he needs to be Yep. So it just tells me that because he's one of those guys, 
lunch pail, lunch pail, not 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 flashy. He just I'm just gonna shut you down straight up. Yep. So it's like if he's at 29, then I'm like looking. So we know that we know how we're looking at a defensive midi, and then it's kind of yeah, that is kind of crazy to me. Whereas we have Trezzy at 43, and then Bubba Fairman is that much better than him. Yeah, man. If you out of those four, if you tell me if I'm if I'm building a team and you tell me I get and you know what. Uh, if any one of them listen to this, hey, don't take this offensively. I'm just giving my opinion. But if if I am picking between Bubba Fairman, Ryan Tarafinko, and Zach Goodrich, and Latrell Harris, and I only get to pick one of them when I'm building a team, I'm picking Latrell Harris all day. And you can call it my Archer fan bias or whatever. No, but like you can see it in the numbers. The numbers back it up. Why would I not pick him? <laughs> like, what? Well, here, here's my thing. Pick two of them. Which two would you pick? So, so all right, Treasy's one. Who's the other one? Terrifico. Yeah, probably Terrafanko. Yeah, ter- and, and I'm taking Zach. And I'm taking Zach Goodrich as third. Here's the only reason I say Terrafanko. He is a scrapper. He yep. is a scrapper. Look, there, look, I, like, I love Terry. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about him. But if we're splitting these hairs here of of which guy is which, I look at the. There's three that made the SSDM of the year finalists, whatever. Goodrich, uh, Fairman, and Treasy. Fairman, I don't I don't really know why. I mean, it could have been just those two. And those are the two that I would take. But I then team performance bias with that one. But then but then four, those four were above Treasy. Like it doesn't I don't know. It just <laughs> Yeah. How can how can you how can you vote that that Ryan, that uh, Treasy is at least one of the three best, mm-hmm. and then and then now vote that Ryan Tarafinko is better than than him. Like I don't, I, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make it right because according to this list, right, they're saying he's the fifth best. Yep. Yeah, because they were Tarafinko, Goodrich, Fairman, and and Logan, Danny Logan. Logan. So they're saying he's the fifth best. Yeah. 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 So, and and that, and that would include two guys that weren't even finalists. Yeah, man, yeah, somebody lied, like thinking, I said. Like Neil said, that, that means there's a lot of people that didn't have him listed at all. Hey, dog, somebody hating. <laughs> somebody's hating. I, listen, this is one of those lists where you know how they used to let the fans vote for the Pro Bowl? <laughs> this is one of those things where the, the fans need to vote for this. This Because if, if this is – look. You can say what you want, like on if the fans actually pick the Pro Bowl people or not. But like if the if they at least market the list as a fan voted list, then we can get mad at the fans. But right now we're th- we're sitting here thinking somebody's hating. <laughs> like I'd be mad as hell if I think one of my coworkers don't <laughs> like. It's like I'd be like, yo, did y'all really not like ride with me? Because if a lot of people didn't have him on the list, that means like mostly your teammates had you on the list, which I'm just like. Hey dog, I thought we were friends. How you right. how you not vote for me? There's just there's just such a, a a disparity between how they how they're voting for award finalists and how they're voting for the top fifty. That that doesn't make sense. Even if I assume that they didn't pick the winner, which they they didn't. So okay, they they think that Latrell is one of the three best, but maybe not the best from this season. Okay, fine. Even if we take that assumption. We're now saying that he was one of the three best at the end of the regular season, but now in December we're saying that he's he's fifth. Like I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, and it and it makes me wonder 
how this thing is actually being being done. And I'm not I'm not saying that there is anything nefarious or anything, mm -hmm. but it makes me question it. It makes me go, well, wait a minute. What? I have a hot take. I have a, I have a hot take. Um, I personally feel like Ryan Drenner and Brad Smith should be switched. Okay. That's my hot take. Um, I think I think if you switch Harrison Fairman, the list gets better. Yeah, I I well, I mean, I was, I know we've talked about Latrell and we've talked about Dane, so I was just I was just bringing up um, a different just, one. Yes, just that. Yeah, mm -hmm. same, I mean, same thing with Dane too. But like looking, like you look at Ryan Drenner's points and everything. So Ryan Drenner had twenty four points, fifteen goals, tw uh, one two point goal, and seven assists, and he was at 47, uh, and Brad Smith at 27 has 11 points, four one-point goals, one two-point goals, and five assists. He missed, the, I, he missed the first half of the he season. Missed some, yeah, he missed some games, though. Yeah. But, but part, of me, part, of me thinks those, part, of, part of me thinks those things should be taken. I, I mean, if you miss half the season, are you like, really? Yeah. With we'll we'll talk about you being a Dane Smith where you're playing in three different leagues. Right, 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 right. But but there's a difference between missing a, a game or two and missing mm -hmm. five. Yep. That's why I'm and, like, how are you 27 when this dude arguably performed better than you? I mean, honestly, if we're being if we're talking about it. I, I'm putting Ryan Jenner right behind Connor Kelly, maybe even ahead of Connor Kelly, slightly just off of the numbers. I I feel like Connor Kelly at 26 and Ryan Jenner at 27 could be flip flopped if that was the the case. But I don't think Brad Smith should be 27 because when I look at midfield, when I look at that the midfielders he ranked ahead of, I'm like, I personally do not believe that you are better than them. And if somebody asks me for my evidence, I'm going to look at the numbers and compare the two. And, hey, look, you missed some games because of injury and stuff. That plays a factor because, look, if this right. guy has played 14 games and you've played eight, all I have to if, – if he's going to be held accountable for all his performance in all 14 games – you're going to be held accountable for your performance in 14 games. Sorry that you missed six of them. <laughs> like that's, that's just is what it is. Injuries are a part of the game. Sorry. Uh, I was going to wait, but this feels like the best spot to do this. How, how would you fix this list? And we, and we can decide to call, to talk about this later if you want, but no, I'm good with this. I'm, I'm totally good with it. Like I got time. I got nothing but time today. Not, <laughs> I'm not specifically, I'm not specifically asking players, but like, how would you make it so that this process is better moving forward? Um, I mean, as, and everybody can answer this too, as, as, uh, as um, bullshit of a criteria, as I think the CFPs, criteria was for how they decided stuff they at least have a criteria this list wasn't presented with a criteria if they had said they could have even said hey this is a player voted list and this was list was decided with the following criteria in mind then cool i can i can then look at your list and say oh okay xyz played a factor but like they just said hey this is the player voted top 50 and it, it, in a way, it's kind of like, kind of like, 
saying, hey, get mad at the players. They voted for this list. <laughs> uh, that's the way I feel, too. The, the responses that I'm getting every time I get a, I ask a question or say, hey, this part doesn't make sense, the answer is always, well, the players voted for it. Well, uh, okay, so, like, who, who told them to vote? Who didn't give them any guidelines or rule set or anything to, on how to vote? On who, like, you have basically said, here's a pen and paper, write down the, the, the best 50 players, and I could be like, yeah. yeah, the dude that didn't play, our backup goalie was 27. He didn't play all year, but he, he's the 27th best player in the league. And you go, what? that doesn't make any sense. So if you gave him so like a list. Go ahead, Jackson. Sorry. If you gave him a list of the top 50 players based on like a league-wide criteria and then had people rank them, I think it would go a lot better. Because like you were saying, Neil, you know, you, you might vote your 19th guy or, you know, the guy that played in seven games and was a healthy scratch three because you're on the same team as him. But if you if you had a list of fifty guys that you just had to rank, I think people would be a little bit more straightforward and more objective with their with their rankings. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not bad. Brian, how Brian, how would you fix this list? See, because I I don't so I don't think there's necessarily a way that we can fix it because I know it's very much like the NFL top one hundred, and every year there you usually have players that will tweet out like I didn't this is BS I didn't vote for anything nobody asked me anything this list is fake blah blah blah. So I feel like so I, I say that to, to say that basically I don't think there's a way there's no perfect way to do it. That when Jackson was talking, the way that I was thinking was maybe you do something <laughs> where sorry, hold on one second. Oh, you're good. Um, uh, my, one one of my questions is like, how on earth, as much as a huge fan as I am of JT Giles Harris, how in the blue blazes? Did he get ranked above Will Bowen and Ben Randall? Which, again, looking at the numbers, um, looking back at the numbers, so JT Giles Harris had 11 ground balls, seven caused turnovers. Will Bowen at 40 had 27 ground balls, 15 caused turnovers. And um, at 40, uh, at 42, Ben Randall has 27 ground balls, 10 caused turnovers. How the heck? Is JT Giles Harris ranked above y'all? So with that, it's just it goes into that same thing stat wise. See, because Neil knows what I'm going to say because Neil's a dude guy, but he knows I love JT. JT's a guy. JT's a guy. Every week he's covering the number one. Mm-hmm. Bowen's not covering the number one. Ben Randall is, but it's just that it's part partially it's name recognition because he won the defenseman of the year last year. But he's got the number ones, and just the way his game is, he may not at the end of the season have thirty ground balls, but he's not getting. There's very, there's very few people that are really because I think the only the only player this year that really just got at him was Asher. Yeah, and, and then the year before that it was Lyle. So usually it's only like one game where he's usually like somebody's really because he doesn't get tested that much. So if he gets dodged four or five times in the game, stops him five times, he's not really getting the same opportunities as other guys. Which uh, into sorry, and I apologize for my girlfriend's dog just was going crazy the whole time. So no, no, you're good, she, just, she just got home. So and then just to back up. One one second, what I was going to say is if there's a list and they give the players a criteria where we say list your top 10 offensive middies, top 10 defensive middies, top, uh, you can't do top 10 goalies, top five goalies, top five face-off guys, something like that, where they can do that and kind of be a little more objective where you can still put your – you still can put – I'm going to put my whole starting midfield line. That's only three spots. So maybe for them we'll do 10. So maybe <laughs> something like that that can still be a little more objective. Well, and – uh, I will say, 
in respect to with respect to JT. Um, he he held that defense down. The Chrome did not perform. Yeah, they weren't good. They, he, they, they weren't good. He is the saving grace of that defense. He and if you notice, I mean, I don't have the stats on it because I'm not sure if they had it on their website. If I had, to, if you had to, if I had to go back and watch all of their games, I am willing to bet a lot of goals um, were not surrendered on his side. If their goal, if if there were goals scored on the Chrome, it was more than likely coming up from one of their middies getting beat or Bro, not on or his somebody. side. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's never him because the only player that had a good game against him the entire year was Asher, and Asher was with a top five player, that's a big top ten dude. player, top ten. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, yes, it's, sometimes it's just matchups, and just Asher got the better of him. He was in high school at Cherry Creek High School out here, and that kid is a monster, dude. And if you, and you know if what? You don't know his brother, his little brother who's still in high school, he's a dog too. You know what's weird about Asher? I don't feel like he is that big. I because I I worked at High Point when he was at High Point, and I and I was in their locker room. I I worked broadcast for them and stuff. I was around him a decent amount, and I always was like, I feel like he's such a big dude. Like when I watch him on TV, I'm like, man, I feel like he's. But then you stand next to him, and I'm like, man, I don't I don't well, feel like he's that big. Like seven. <laughs> I'm. I am five six, dude. Oh, really? Okay, I thought you were like I'm six three. So <laughs> no, no, and that's why I was like, man. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, he's a big dude, but but him, him and Jules Henningberg are the two guys that I've stood next to and been like, dang, I really thought you, I thought you guys were bigger. When I when I stood next to Jules Henningberg, I was like, oh, well, and and other than other than you know, obviously Asher's got some weight behind him. He was not nearly as big as I thought he was, but but he plays so big. So I don't know. Maybe I just thought he was huge, and he and he's only big. I don't know, but I, I always thought he was smaller. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. Where, like <laughs> when you look at okay, so let's be real. A lot of lot of lacrosse dudes. Not too many of them are big. A lot of them are built like Steve Urkel out there. By comparison, <laughs> by comparison, Asher's built like a power lifter. Uh, by comparison to a lot of them do is like and then like Perk, Miles Jones, Romar those dudes are physically imposing just because of their size. JT Giles Harris ain't ain't the biggest dude out there I know because he's about my height I'm 5'11 but like but like the way he plays he plays like a dude that's twice his size and so I can understand the intimidation factor with him but like I should just be dogging these these dudes. That's what that's what's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he, he killed everybody. So I'm mean, I am glad that JT that they that he still ranks pretty high. That it did the I team he, the team. I think he was getting number ones in the world games too. I mean, that's just yeah. the type of defenseman he is. I mean, he's he's yeah. drawing the um you know the burn matchup against Canada or like a Lyle against the Haudenosaunee. I mean, he's well, he is that dude. And I will say he's gonna look great in orange and blue next year. <laughs> You better not. Be, I think that's gonna one of his. In, he's gonna be in black and orange. He ain't going nowhere. I I think that's one of the things too that hurts his his stats is that he's he's on that main guy that that initiator on whoever that main guy is. So he's not the guy that's sliding. He's not the guy that's coming up and getting those strips and stuff. His his whole job 
is is standing standing the dude up and not letting him do whatever it is that he wants to do while someone else comes in and yeah. and hopefully can can take the ball. I, not that I don't I don't know that Chrome had that guy this year, but um, you know. So yeah, and he, and he does um, it better than everybody. Brandon O'Neill. Yeah. I was gonna Brian. I'm still I'm still thinking it might be Shelly. That, that gets drafted <laughs> number one. Yeah, that'd be a weird. <laughs> but Jackson, that was you that side. <laughs> hey man, listen, what is that? listen, dude. Like oh, somebody sighed as I was with, laughing with at dude, I'm one. just saying with dudes that like that, um, you know, do play all four years or like all their like their whole like graduate term too and stuff. Sometimes that last year is just not up to par. Who knows? Like I said, it could be. I'm. I'm just excited. I'm here for the chaos. I want whatever. I want any kind of. I want any kind of draft shenanigans that can happen. I like. I'm here for the. See, uh, I, I want to see Lax Twitter just go. What? <laughs> see, I was all in. I was all in when I thought Chrome was coming to Carolina, and I was like, "Let's do this." I I want Bo, and now I'm like, whatever, take whoever you guys want. I don't care anymore. It's so dumb. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm not, gonna be I'm gonna be I'm not even a Chrome fan. He's he's They're, they're actually the outlaws yeah, now. <laughs> um, I I had this discussion on Twitter. I'm not. I I will call them Chrome until there is a Chrome. I, I'm, I'm. You're not gonna get me to say outlaw. I'll probably say outlaws, my, but I, like Miami Chrome. 2027. <laughs> <laughs> until until they're on the until until at least the outlaws are on the field, I'm just gonna say Chrome in my head because that's who they are. Um, but that's a whole other story. We're talking about top 50. We're not talking about home cities, right? He's now. Not wrong. Uh, so, gentlemen, moving on to uh, 20 to 11. Uh, this is where things start to get all a little little crazy. Uh, Zed, <laughs> Zed Williams at 20. Garrett Apple 19, Danny Logan, 18, Brett Dobson, 17, Mac O'Keefe, 16, Connor Fields, 15, Kieran McCardle, 14, Jack Rowlett was 13, Courier at 12, Jeff Teat at 11. Now, let me tell you where everyone's position was the year prior. So we have uh, Zed dropped down by two. He was at 18 last year. Apple jumped up from 23 to 19. Danny Logan went down from 12 to 18, which, again, we, we understand why we have issues with him that high. Uh, Brett Dobson in his rookie year. I don't hate him at 17. I don't hate that I think at he's all. low. I, I think he's I, low. Best goalie in the league. I don't, yeah. I don't hate it at 17. I will argue and I, with everybody. But I will say yep. I feel like Blaze got ranked ahead of him because of <laughs> bias or nostalgia yep. bias. But, you know, um, Mac O'Keefe. Uh, went low. from not ranked to 16, which I think is low. Fields jumped up a lot from 44 to 15. Still okay. still low with his numbers. We'll get into that. Uh, McCardle went from 11 to 14. Rowlett went up from 25 to 13. Even I feel that's low. Um, and then uh, Courier went from 7 to 12. And Jeff Teat went from 4 to 11. Um, so we'll start with Jeff Teat just because he's at the bottom. Um, again, going back to what Jackson was saying about performance, like team performance, I feel like the Atlas, like they can have good games or games where they put up a lot of points, but it was kind of one of those, it was kind of like watching, watching the, the, the Arizona Cardinals blow, blow, blow a team out 
where you're like, oh wow, that's surprising. Okay, anyway, like it was, it was, it was very much one of those because Jeff Teat had 36 points, 11 one point goals, and 25 assists. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's an attackman in the top 10 that has a better. Well, he's got the same. He's got the same point total as Ryder, and he's got more points than Josh Byrne. So that's. I think I yeah. think Ryder's too high. Um, but you you go back. I mean, like Neil was saying at the beginning. I mean, T set the assist record with Dane this year. Um, I don't. I think he's probably appropriately ranked at eleven. Um, he's one of the best attackmen in the league for sure. Um, but I, I think eleven's a good spot for him. Yeah, part of my issue with part of my issue with the with these guys in this area is okay. Yeah, I feel like so and so should be higher. Where am I putting them in relation to who who is higher? That's my that's been my issue. And there are a few guys higher that should not be there, but it feels like the eleven to twenty. We we look at every one of those guys and go. Yeah, they should be higher. Well, there's only like two guys above them that shouldn't be where they are. So, how, like, at some point, somebody has to be 11. That's that's been my issue. Someone has to be, you know, 13. I don't even know who's 13, but like, you know, at some point, somebody has to fall down. So it, it it's hard for me to when we get into splitting hairs. I may disagree. I may say so and so, but. But when I look at Teed at 11 and I go, yeah, he was fourth in the league, though. Fourth in the league in points. And then but then I look at who's in the top 10 and I go, yeah, but I'm not putting him above this person or putting him above that person or, you know, so like where where does he fall in? And so like Jackson said, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe 11 is kind of appropriate because I'm, Dre, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the stats guy too. Like I, I look at the first thing I look at is your stats, and then, and then when we start getting into guys that are real similar stat wise, then I start, okay, well, who they play with, who they play for, again, you know what, all that, all that other stuff starts to come down. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know where. It, I don't hate, I don't hate Josh Byrne at eight because you know he's like with Dane, where he gets to miss like two games, but. If you look at those points and you look at those goals, you gotta look at those. You gotta look at how the chaos did before Dane and Josh got there, and how much those goals. Because look, as an Archers fan, the one team I hate playing God. is the chaos because I know Josh Byrne and Dane, and when Chris Cloutier was there, are gonna just be the re- be problems all game. In the playoffs, especially. Oh, my goodness. Playoff chaos is just not something I want problems with. But because of – because I feel like because of those factors, Josh Byrne at eight is not not something I hate. Um, But that's that's it. That's up there. Um, But that goes – to me, that goes back to criteria. Yep. What are we we judging them on? Is Josh Byrne the eighth best player in the PLL? Maybe. Like, just – Overall talent, ability, maybe that makes sense. Was his twenty twenty three the the eighth best season in the league? I I don't think so. I don't think he's anywhere near that. And and there are reasons why he missed games. He was injured, things like that. Like I, there are reasons why 
that that maybe other voters aren't taking into account. But when I'm looking at Josh Burnett eight and Will Manny not being on this list, that makes no sense to me. None. Like I I just I can't even fathom a world. We're gonna get to snubs. We're gonna get to snubs once we get through the list. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, okay, don't start, all right. Don't start there yet. <laughs> all right. Um do okay, so real quick, uh we're gonna we're gonna uh go through um twelve uh twenty through twelve and we uh we'll just we'll just say if we if we hate they spot or not. Um Zed Williams. Hate it or love it. Okay. I think he should be lower. Okay. Oh, uh, so not drastically, but lower. Where would you put him? Uh, off the top of my head, and again, I'd have to, I'd have to really break it down. People keep saying, "Well, where would you put?" Um, I, I would think somewhere between twenty-five and thirty, based on last year, but you know. Okay. Below Chris Gray, I think. Apple, nineteen. I think that's fine for him too. I, yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to wrestle with my distaste for him with the fact yeah. that he's actually a decent player. I'm like, uh. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an Adele just like now. I'm gonna all the his personal foolishness aside as the yeah. player. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's me too. Yeah, uh, Danny Logan. That's fine. I'm fine. Him, yep. I think. Yeah, Brett. Yeah, it, the issue is not is not Danny Logan. It's it's other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Brett, Brett Dobson, too low. I think he should have won goalie of the year. And Best goalie in the league, you, especially you when his save percentage is yeah. one. His save percentage is one percent off of Blaze. Yep. Blaze had fifty nine. He had fifty eight, and he's a championship winning goalie. MVP. And I mean, look, look at those. You look at those games, and as much like I said, I'm a big fan of Nick Washuda. And I'm a big fan of Brett Dobson. Nick Washuda is probably one of the best backup goalies you could have, uh, with the with the exception of the uh, with the exception of Krebs. Um, but if you put Nick Washuda in those games instead of Brett Dobson, the Archers do not do as well. As... You saw what happened against the Water Dogs in that yeah. last game. Yeah, I you mean... put Nick Washuda in there at the end, and you you don't win those games. Um, with with the now, you could probably make that same argument for Blaze, um, but with 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 Dobson, there's just some magnificent freaking saves he's making that like you as a goalie got a one tenth chance of 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 saving in his yeah. Chance. And I I think his outlet passes are the best in the league. I mean, yeah, I agree. And and I think that's partly because of the Archer's rope unit, because of how di- dynamic they are in transition. But I don't think Blaze is 14 spots better than Dobson. I don't think I, so either. I, and I, put, I put their heads head together where you – again, nothing against Blaze, nothing against any of these players. No, you put not. Dobson against Blaze, let's go to the playoffs. Blaze didn't play well. Big reason why they didn't win that game. Dobson stepped his game up. Save of the season all God. over social media. That save the save in the championship game, where yep. he saved the, the save of the quarter. season That's with the, the side of his stick. Yeah, the save the, 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 the save the save in the season. Yeah. The Kelly's still drunk if he hits that too, and uh, they win that game. What are we saying, Neil? Can I, can I get one counterpoint? Yeah, and 
Brian, you're the defensive guy. I'll, I'll, I will default to you. When I watch, I don't feel like the defense in front of Blaze is as good as the defense in front no. of. Fair, fair, no, fair. No. So, so for me, it's a lot Got of the you. Jack, the Jack and Cannon thing, where people are like Jack and Cannon saving, you know, forty six percent, and I'm like, yeah, but how much? How much is he standing with a dude on the doorstep dunking on him? Like, okay, that that defense is Swiss cheese. So. You know, I that's a good point. Again, we're, point. we're splitting, we're splitting hairs, and, and I'm not saying that. That look, as a former goalie myself, dogs. like as a former goalie myself, like I look at a lot of the goalie play so much more differently than most of like people. I feel like depending on what your position is in lacrosse, you tend to look at the, you tend to scrutinize those positions a bit more than you will like mm-hmm. ever. Because like, no, what position did you play when you were playing? I, I was an attackman and a, and a midi when I first started playing, but yeah, yeah, that's why I say you got you guys tell you. I played demon. Okay, and Brian. Yeah, def- um, defenseman and LSM. See, and so like, cause and like, if if any of y'all have noticed in this episode, when y'all do get a chance to listen to it, you'll hear Neil's got a lot more scrutiny for the attackman and the midis. Brian and Jackson have a little bit more scrutiny for the defensive players, and me, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold the uh, the goalies to the gold standard, pretty much. Like, well, can I, can I make a can I make a counterpoint off what Neil said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we're gonna talk about defenses, let's look at this list. For in front of Blaze, you've got Rowlett at 13. Mm-hmm. You've got Bowen at 40. Newman, Newman at 46, and his LSM at 50. All you've got in front of Dobson is Harris at 41, and yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it later at Hasek at, at seven. Mm-hmm. So for me, and y'all are the defensive guys. Again, I default to your to your expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I think the chaos guys are way overrated. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have Newman in my top fifty. I wouldn't have oh. Ray in my top fifty. Um, not because they're not good players or anything. Again, we're talking about splitting hairs. Uh, we'll talk about snubs later. But there, there's guys that I think got snubbed that I would put in, and a lot of those. A lot of those chaos polls would be sliding way, way down or, yeah. or off of my list. For me, Rowlett's staying where he's at. Like that's definitely that's a good mm-hmm. spot for him. Jack yep. Jack Rowlett is far is head and shoulders the best the best defender on that team. And if any, he's, a top, he, he's top three in the league. If any team gets gets Jack Rowlett in any kind of free agency or trade, that that they're probably winning the championship. Like if like Jack Rowlett on any other team. That's that's almost a guaranteed championship. He just got back to North Carolina. Don't he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Neil said, "Hey, hey, hey! Wait a second, sir." <laughs> he might be the only reason I can cheer for the chaos. Right. He's actually so. So as much of like so again, I'm a diehard Archers fan, uh, but I do have at least one piece of merch from from every team like since like the league started. Rowlett's the the chaos, like I have a, I have the chaos T-shirt. I don't have the jersey yet because when I get a chaos jersey, it's going to be Josh Byrne, because or Dane Smith, because those are my favorite guys uh, on that team. Uh, but uh, Jack Rowlett's the the shirt I have. So if I'm ever at the gym working in my my sleeveless chaos shirt that I have, it says Rowlett. <laughs> I was like, I will, that's probably pretty accurate for the gym. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I will I will never wear a Jack Rowlett shirt, but I do and I do enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, you're just saying uh, that because he's a no, no, 
Exactly. Exactly. No, no cloutier, no nothing. I don't care. You guys bring North Carolina championship. I don't care. Well, I'll wear a burn and a, and a Smith Jersey to the, to the party. Um, how do y'all feel about this Karen McArdle slide from 11 to 14? He's so good. It's, is it's it one of those things where like, you don't have play. anywhere else to put him? I think, it, I think it's like what you said. Somebody has to be there. Yeah. Mm-mm. I He's think so I'm good. taking him over Ryder, though. The, would you put I, him? I will too. Would you flip him and Courier? No. no, I think Courier's. I think Courier's a top top ten player in the league. Best okay. two way mid in, in in the league. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you say I got to, if I got to start a team today and I couldn't exactly. take Tom Shriver, I'm taking Zach Courier. Fair enough. There, there's a there. There is another water dog on this list that maybe he doesn't switch with, but. Could could be above. We're getting there. Could, could We're be. getting there. <laughs> okay. Uh, shout out. First off, shout out to Connor Fields. The that's this is why I don't hate Connor Fields at fifteen because he went from forty four to fifteen. That and, and you look at the numbers because again, me and Neil are numbers guys. The numbers justify it. Thirty nine yep. points, twenty eight goals, eleven assists. Uh, I, as an Archers fan. I was so excited when the Connor Fields move happened because you and and I was even more excited when the Mac O'Keefe move happened because why the bunk bed brothers are reunited. <laughs> Grant and Mac are back. Like, let's yep. go. And, but like you see, if you look back and you see how well Mac O'Keefe, Connor Fields, and Grant Amon all played like together when they're on the field at the same time and the way they were able to include Matt Moore in the rotation it it was like this perfect storm of an offense so um I really did really uh in uh I don't ha- I don't hate Connor Fields at 15 because again um I don't think he's better attackman than Kieran McArdle and you know like we said somebody's got to be there so I don't hate that yep. um moving on gentlemen this is the last part of the list uh, 10 to one. So we've got Michael Earhart at 10. He went from five to 10. Ryder Garnsey wasn't ranked last year. He's at nine. Josh Byrne slid from six to eight. Uh, Graham Hossick went, uh, went up from 15 to seven. Asher Nolting, obviously this was his rookie year. Uh, he got six. Marcus Holman jumped up from 39 to five. Uh, Trevor Baptiste just did a one-point slide, went from three to four. Uh, Blaze Reardon went up from eight to three. And Michael Sowers jumped from 10 to two. And Tom Schreiber, back-to-back, repeat as number one. Uh, you know, that was expected. That's that's the guy right there, unquestionable MVP right there. Um, gentlemen, who would we move around in this top ten? Are we moving them out, or are we just moving them around? I think we're all going to say the same player. All right, yeah. uh, Brian, we'll start with you. <laughs> Again, this is no hate. Ryder Garnsey is not – Ryder Garnsey shouldn't be in the top ten. And I just and I say that only because flame starts to the season. His name – in the first, like, two weeks, everybody's popping up. MVP of the league, MVP of the league. What, week three, he has eight points. Eight points. And then – he start then he just kind of revs revs down where partially it's the Redwoods, but again, if we're saying he's the ninth best player, and what does that make him the second? Does that make him the second or third best attackman third. in the league? Third. third. 
No, Best attack man in the league. Hold on. No. Nope. No. Fourth. Or fifth. Sowers, fifth. Holman. Um, fifth best attackman. Nolting and Burna are ahead of him. Yeah, fifth. Okay, yeah. So for taking it from that perspective, you can t- – that, that's one of those Karen McCardo slides in that spot. I personally put Zach Carrier there. Yep. Because I, th- I think Zach Carrier means more as a player and had a better season. Because like Neil said, if we're saying he had the ninth best season of any other player in the league – after week five, that's not true. So front, so if, if the if the list stops at after if the list stops the second week in July, cool. But it doesn't. You know, you get the entire season. And I just have a hard time just having him in there. And again, nothing, no hate against him. He's a human highlight reel. I think that's the biggest part of the reason is that he's just so viral with with the stuff that he does. That it's insane and it's like great to watch. But again, eh, I don't know if I have him as the ninth best player though. He's the opposite of Chris Gray. Right, exactly. Exactly. That's one of those players where I, like, I wouldn't be mad if Chris Gray goes that high. I don't know if you put him that high, but it, but a consistency. So I actually would flip them, and I, that's, I know that's a significant jump from where Chris Gray went in the twenties to drop him to number nine. But for me, that's that's the the name that glares. I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. Again, no hate on him. But Chris Gray can drop eight points in a game, and you'll forget he even played. And Ryder Garnsey can score one goal in a game, and you'll see it on SportsCenter. For a yeah, week. yeah, yeah, because they're school one handed around somebody, and yeah, right. and I guess he's the showman, right? It's right. The, he's just he's just the anti Chris Gray, like it's a, you know. <laughs> I I think I might name the episode the anti Chris Gray because <laughs> it's going to make people go what? <laughs> yeah, wait, uh, uh, Jackson. Uh, are you uh, uh, comparing with everybody way. as well? Yeah, I like the, the switch with Courier and Ryder here. Um, mm-hmm. He he definitely does mean more. And like I said earlier, I mean, if he's the second guy I'm, I'm starting a team with today. Um, I really like Michael Earhart at uh, at 10. Um, and you look at the guys ahead of him, because I know he dropped from 5 down to 10, but you look at the guys ahead of him, and I mean – I cannot justify putting him ahead of ahead of anybody in in route to being like if I was to put him try to put him back at number five and I look at spots one through five I can't justify putting him in that top five I can't even justify putting him ahead of Hasek like yeah. so at, at ten he's fine where he's at, at um, point, I don't even I, at what point I don't even like him at ten no sorry yeah <laughs> no you're you're good. Well, with him being an award, like the award winner again, like like it yeah. should have been done. It's one of those things where, like, it, it's like, uh, and Brian, you may have a different perspective as a as a defensive as a defensive player, but it, it's you look at his numbers and he's kind of like where JT was, where you know he's one of the best elements about that Whip Snakes defense. Like, if you when you look at that. When you look at that defense, he gets the he gets he kind of gets the party started. Where like, as soon as they start to as soon as they start to figure out how to shut down the opposing offense, he's the one that usually like initiates initiates the uh, the process, so to speak. Um, so, but yeah, he's ha- he has a quiet stat book, but if you look at his play, there's a reason that. There's a reason that he got into the top ten. There's a reason that he got no, that he uh, got that nomination. Um, so I I feel like ten's not bad for him. At what and, point do you rename it the 
Earhart Merrill Ellison <laughs> of the Year award. <laughs> That's true. Because he's won what five straight, right? All five of them. Yeah, you kind of you probably should rename it. Part of it though, part of it though, as I go, I go back to what did he have the tenth best season this year? And I, I, I just don't. Oh, uh, let's see where he ranks. Yeah, I don't. LSMs. I, Give me one second. I, I, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that he either. He's, one, what, he's imposing. It's one of those things where it's the name because it, 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 the first man. all the stats were just him scoring goals. Was oh, he's back. He's back and he's scoring goals. Like so, he <coughs> unequivocally great player. Let's see. Give me one second. But yeah, to say, yeah, dinged up the yeah, dinged up for the yeah, for, for most of the season. The but games. the only mm-hmm. okay, so the only other LSM Ethan Raw stats blow his out of the water. Yeah. Ethan Raw blow his out of the water. I mean, I, again, we don't we don't know the dang criteria, but when I, when I'm ta- I, when I was saying like I can't justify moving him up or around in that top ten, I'm talking about just out of those players in the top ten. Yeah, out of the yeah. whole list, I'm putting Ethan Rawl above him because above him. yeah. You you look at Ethan Rawl and Ho- Homeboy is winning faceoffs as a as a as a pole. He's not supposed to be winning faceoffs. Who told him yeah. he can do that? Yeah, he should he should have won the award, and he should have and he should be he should be higher just just on two thousand twenty three. Next year, that may be totally different. But yeah, exactly. You know, just yeah. just the season. Just this blow year, him out the water. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, Josh Byrne, I already touched on where like him being at eight, I don't personally hate because you look at when his goals come and those assists, they're all pivotal, impactful moments. So I don't hate it. Um, Hasek, I think is far and away the best, uh, the best deep hole in the league. I, I will. I will battle with anyone on that, mostly because <coughs> he had the least surrendered goals. He had the I don't lowest. Think he had ones on him goals. until the championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the regular season, he didn't have a single one scored on him. Uh, Can you the read fact that, that uh, yeah, eight caused turnovers, thirty-five ground balls. The the by a player that doesn't get dodged, and he had eight. He still had eight caused turnovers. The fact that Garrett Eppel yeah. won Defensive Player of the Year over him was disgusting. The only and the only argument ever made is that he has more cost turnovers than Hasak, and he leads the league in cost turnovers, which is fine. Eppel doesn't guard the number one every single game, and let me Hasak completely <laughs> blanks players. You don't even know that they play. You have to check their stats to see if the top attack can play that game. He gave Ryder Garnsey a goose egg. He yeah. does it to everybody. Mr. Mr. Incredible setting the league on fire, Ryder Garnsey. Goose egg. Yeah. I think, no, I like think he... Ryder scored a goal at the end of that game, and it wasn't on Hasek's side. And, and it's not like uh, he, he me... guards the bruiser yeah. every game. You know, he can keep he can match feet with Sowers, or he can go one-on-one with Matt I mean, he, there's no nobody that's just – is it's like no, there's no anti Hasek. Nope. Let me ask you this, Neil, as a offensive player, if you have a the choice between dodging on Garrett Apple or on Hasek, who are you picking? Oh, uh, I almost said it backwards. Apple, because of what they just said, uh, like they're 
there is a there is a method to beating Ethel that I don't think really exists. I mean, yes, if you're Michael Sowers fast, you might get to to five and five before Hasek, maybe. But but generally speaking, uh, of those two options, you there's a there's a playbook for how to beat Ethel, and there isn't really one for how to beat Hasek. So yeah. Oh dang day. Um, Asher Nolting. Uh... Do we think him and Holman should flip, or are they fine where they're at? I'm I'm fine either, either way with, with them being right back to back. That's fine. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a strong case for flipping them. I I mean I, you you can. I for me, you know, Holman I think was was just a, a hair better, and and I and I think there's even an argument for him. I don't think a winning argument, but I think Here's I think you can make uh Holman 44 points, 29 one point goal, one two point goal, 13 assists. Uh Nolting 41 points, 21 goals, 20 assists. I I think you can make the argument that Holman is the MVP. Um my my personal vote was for Schreiber, and I and I think he had a a again just marginally better um case, but I I think I think that was one A one B pretty much at the end of the season. Those were those were the two guys that ever everyone thought it was either Holman or, or it was going to be Schreiber. Um, so uh, for me, I think Holman above him. But I'm not I'm not terribly upset if if you think the other way. I am. I'll tell you what. I'm putting Holman or Nolting above Sowers. Yep. I do not think Michael Sowers was the second best player in the league. And again, like Brian said. This this is not from a place of hate uh, or anything, and this isn't my like Archer bias or anything. I just don't think Michael Sowers was the better attackman between the other ones on this list, with the exception of Ryder Garnsey. I don't even think Sowers was the better attackman out of his teammates. Like that's just like, yeah, that's that's just me. I. I am a Michael Sowers guy. I loved him at Princeton. I don't even like Princeton. I loved him at Princeton. He came to Duke. Obviously, I loved him. Um, and have he's he's probably uh, maybe I need to do some math. Probably my favorite player in the league. He is not. He is not the second best player in in the league. It's it's not. It's not even close. N- not based on twenty twenty three. Do I think he has the potential to maybe get there? Maybe. Yes. I, I have watched that dude take over games and just is is damn near unguardable when he wants to be. When he when he turns that thing on, he's he's almost unguardable. He can and he's and he's fearless and just so fast and like all those things. He can shoot the ball, I think, better than than people give him credit for. But he he's not the second best player in the league. And and again, we go back to he wasn't even voted one of the finalists, the four, the four finalists for the attackman of the of the year. And now we're saying not only is he the best attackman in the league, but he's the second best player in the league. It just it, it, it makes no sense to me. He was ele- he was tied for twelfth in points. He was tied with Dane Smith, forty third in the league, and one scored one less point than Will Manny, who's not on the list. We'll get to Will Manny later. But you're telling me that the two guys on either side of him were were not in the league or not in the list and and 43 
and this guy is the second best in the league when he's arguably not even the best attackman on his on his team. I again, I love I love Sowers, and I and I do think maybe he is better than McArdle, but again, there's some bias there. So like I'm 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 okay with someone who says that he isn't. I'm not. I, I recognize my own bias there, um, but but at the very least, he's he, there's a there's an argument to be made that he's not even the best attackman on his own team, and and yet we're say, we're really saying he's the second best player in the league, and so it blows my mind. Yeah. So honestly, if I'm being honest, I'm moving. If I got to flip um, a player from this top ten, I'm switching Dobson and Blaze. I'm switching Sowers and Holman. I'm switching. That's just those. Those would be the changes I make. Uh, Trevor, I I like Trevor where he's at because yeah. <laughs> like playoff rule changes withstanding. You say what you want about it. The so you can only man. play with the tools you get. And yeah, he got nerfed. Seventy-seven percent for face-off percentage, even with the the nerfing of the rules, like. He's still winning 77% of faceoffs to the point where most teams, I think the only faceoff guys that went to battle with him were Sisselberger and Erlen. Everybody else just put a long pole on him. But yeah, every, like, every, like those are the only times where he had to battle people. Oh, he battled Milkman. He bat, but like, other than that, he really, like, after halfway through the season, the Chrome stopped putting the faceoff guy out there. So I, yeah. I was going to say, I don't. Yeah. I think when they played, I think I think that was the game they sat him, even though he was facing seventy percent, wasn't it? Am I am yeah. I misremembering yeah. that? Yeah. I thought yeah. I, I think they sat him for that game, which yeah. made no sense. Um, but they they saw that Atlas was struggling with the with the shot clock and and tried to play the prevent for that. I think it was just that one game, and I I don't I don't remember if it worked or not. Both of those teams so that's were the interesting thing though. The Atlas are winning most of the faceoffs, and yet they were scoring the least amount of points. So I, I, did, I did the research back, sort of in middle of the season, and and Trevor in 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 the PLL, Trevor Tre, for all of Trevor's dominance, it hasn't a, amounted to wins for for the Atlas team. The, his best games are some of their worst. Like they they have never been. A particularly strong game, yeah. With any connection to Trevor, that they have had very good games, but it's not it's not tied to Trevor at all. Um, and it, it's and then and then with the with the rule adjustment this year, I mean, it just it was the whole league went down with with more. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that from was it lacrosse reference or was it film Lex film study? Uh, I Patrick, so maybe I know. I know. It might have been Patrick that he wrote an article that that showed that there it's not a super strong correlation, but there is a a a negative trend to for uh, just across the board that the more faceoffs you win, the the less. Yeah, it, and you it, said it, it in the PLL Discord too, so like I saw that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, Brian, as our resident Cannons fan, um, what would you say about uh? Asher and Marcus's like placements on the list. Uh, do you think it should be higher, or you like it where it's at with these two? I love how you said resident Candace fan. I just shout out to Lyle. This is why I got that T-shirt. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, with everything, everything that that um, Neil said, I agree with. Because I would just kind of just piggyback off of what he said because it was interesting that they're five and six, and with Sowers, yeah, being two. 
So I, that would lead me to say that both of them could have been a couple of spots higher. I think Trevor could even have been moved up a spot higher because if the Atlas were even decent, he could have been, he could have won the MVP. That's how like, because it was, it, it was interesting because we've all, we talked about with the faceoff stuff and he just showed like, he's just a good lacrosse player. He had a hat trick this year. Yeah. Like in Denver. I love, it's just I like, love watching the DU alumni come and play in Denver. Cause it's like, they turn into Superman. Yeah. And he, and it was, and I'm just like, he's just, he's just a good lacrosse player. The, and, well, was and, Denver. The, and I will say, um, in regards to Marcus Holman, again, this is not my Archer fan bias speaking, but uh, uh, I feel like I got to clarify that every time I talk about a former or a current player. <laughs> but but um, with Marcus Holman, uh, I'm always going to be a Holman guy. I, I, I like him and his like dad. When uh, when I was at when I was in the when I had the media passes for the DU weekend, and I like like walked past like uh, his dad, I was like, I was like, Coach Holman, you're the goat. You're the best. And he was just like, thank you. It was, just, it, was, it was like my favorite thing. It was the most casual, humble thank you. But anyway, uh, I felt like Marcus Holman had the best year of his career this year. Like, he just looked so, like, like brand new, so to speak. Like, and you can say that, like, yo, know, he's playing for his dad. Yeah, he's really just like happy and unrestrained and stuff. But like, if you think about it, on the Archers, he was an impact player, but he was never really the guy. It was always Tom Shriver. And then when then when Grant came, it's Tom, it's Tom and Grant. It he was all and then like you know, they had Will Manny too. And so he was never really the standout guy on the squad. But when he goes to the cannons, he goes, he goes from being cyborg or Martian manhunter in the justice league to, Hey, now you're Batman. Hey, now you're, now you're, now you're running the ship. You're calling the shots. You got to make these young guys come up. And they always matched his energy. I felt like when he, when he was locked in, Asher was like, Oh shit, I got to keep up with him. It's the rookie and the vet. Let's do it. Like, so I felt like he had his best. I like him at, at five because I felt like he had his best year, but I still would put him and Sowers flip flop. Cause like Neil said, I don't think Sowers is three spots better than the other attackmen on this list with the exception of Ryder Garnsey. We've already established Ryder should not be top 10. <laughs> um, Jackson. Um, uh, how do you feel about this top 10? Anybody you would flip around? Yeah, so I put, I put a little list together. And so my oh. my top 10 was Schreiber, Blaze, Baptiste, Holman, Hasek, Byrne, Nolting, Sowers, Courier, and Earhart. Okay. Um, Inter- interesting, interesting flip for uh, Nolting there. Yeah, and nothing against him at all. Um, you know, Dan, Dan Ariesta wrote a great article. I think it's actually his second season. Um, Shout out to you, so, Dan. Um, big big Dan fan. Um, but just talking about how even coming out of college, his biggest problem was turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the guy who plays for Mex and is touching the ball just about on every play. I mean, that offense just about runs through him. Um, to to see a decrease in his turnovers and a huge increase 
in his points, uh, I think it's just, I mean, definitely give some of that to Coach Holman. But, um, I mean, Asher definitely put the work in this past offseason, and I think it's well-deserved. Okay. I like that Earhart stayed the same at 10. <laughs> yeah, no, big Earhart guy. Um, like I said, we I could uh, – Who'd not, you have at two again? Like, I had Blaze at two. Blaze. I think oh, he is, is a difference maker. Um, okay. Because unlike the list says, I don't think his defense is that great in front of him, with the exception of Rowlett. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he – I mean, I think even – I remember for some reason like a broadcast saying we – we'll just kind of let some shots go because we know we have blaze back there. Right. And so I think that's part of their defensive scheme is saying, okay, blaze is going to steal a couple. And, yeah. Cause I you mean, know what? That's fair. That's fair. Cause if you look at the games that he like, they, cause they were what, 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 what was their record this year? They were like what? Five and they five force. They were a four seed. So I think, yeah, somewhere right around there, maybe like five and five, four. like 50%, 500. Yeah. 500 or something like that. They were the five and five or like uh, four and six, something like that. But if you look at those five losses, those are games where blaze just did not show up or he yep. had a really bad day. Happened in the, in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, yep. and granted, I mean, Westberg had a career day against him, but he, d- he just didn't have it that day. And that's a big reason why they lost. I still think Dobson is the better goalie between the two, but I do too. If you're talking from a most needed standpoint, while Nick Washuda is not at the same level that Dobson is, you, the defense of the Archers is just good enough to at least get Washuda by that game. I don't yeah. even know who the Chaos backup goalie is. I'll but if, out. Uh, oh well, yeah. No, if Blaze <laughs> if Blaze isn't in that cage, they lose. Definitely. And if Blaze is they, in the cage and he doesn't show up to play, they lose. I think they threw him in early in the season against maybe the Redwoods, and I think okay. they lost that game because mm-hmm. Blaze wasn't in the cage. And Ryder was just <laughs> and it was on early season level. Ryder and, and all that. But I think, you know, it, Blaze definitely makes a difference. Ooh. Hold up. Okay. So I see, I see this list. I see this top 50 list. I clicked on how the list was created. Only current PLL players voted in October. They voted by ranking their top 25 players in the league. The scores then get aggregated into these final rankings. So these guys only voted. Yeah, but that's it. There's no, (laughs) no, (laughs) yeah, you're saying that guys didn't have Treasy or Dane on their list. Period. They just handed them a sheet and were like, Here you go. It's October. Vote for your top 25. (laughs) I think there's a real simple rule that they could institute that would that would make it that one change would would make a huge thing, and that's that you can't vote for your teammates. Mm-hmm. You can't vote for your teammates, and 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 a lot of that would change. Yep. It'd be very interesting seeing who's where. Yeah. But if you, but you know yeah. also not being able to vote for your teammate, if you think about it, the that that top ten gets real interesting if you think about it with that with not being able to vote around their teammates. Because for Tom Schreiber to be number one again, that means that that that's why it's so interesting with like some of these guys being in other spots is because everyone recognizes that far and away Tom Schreiber is the best, like one of the best players in the league. Everyone notices that because for the players to only vote for twenty five, that's a lot of freaking people that have Tom Schreiber at number one. 
But I'm like, how do you notice that, but you miss other players? You know what? Yeah. Not my monkey, not my circus. Gentlemen, uh, any final thoughts about this top 50 before we get into the quick snubs? Okay. So, snubs. Snubs, snubs, snubs. Uh, Neil, we'll start with you. Uh, list uh, either your, your three to five biggest snubs from this list. Okay, my three, I have I have three, um, two big ones, and then one that's uh, one that's well, we'll get to. It. So the first one is obviously Will Manny. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Eleventh in points. He's the only. He was the only um, person. I keep giving that thing a thumbs up. Um, he's the he's the only person. Uh, uh, okay, so when the when the when the top ten was had not yet come out, I looked at it, and of all the players in the top ten, he's the only one without a second player that would um, that would be in the top fifteen in scoring. Okay, so like Ryder had um, RP three, uh, obviously Holman and Nolting had each other. Uh, Tom had Connor Fields, Grant Ament, and Mac. Yeah, so the so Tom had four guys or three other guys in in the top fifteen in scoring. Um, like everyone had one except for Will Manny. Will Manny's the only uh, Whit Snakes player in the top fifteen in scoring. Uh, really, is the only one in the top. Uh, I think the, the next one is the next one is Rambo at nineteen, unless you count Jackson Morrill at seventeen. But he only played one game for the Whit, so I'm, I didn't really count that. Um, so that speaks volumes to me i mean not not even being on this list is just insane I, he led the wits in scoring and he's not even on the list i, I don't know um my second one is caveman rap horse um i thought I, I mean the they brought him in and that defense looked so insanely better than last year and obviously new coach new scheme there's several different things but I thought Caveman Rap Horse, I thought, should be on that list. Um, and then one is – you can argue that he shouldn't be on there, and that's fine, and I, I, that'll be fine. But I think Nakai Montgomery is one of the best two-way midfielders in the league. And and okay. I, I'm not saying he needs to be, you know, number 25 or anything, but but he can't be 50. Like, um, oh, who was it? Somebody w- – I was thinking literally of someone that could change, someone that's at the bottom of the – Troy Ray is at 50. I think it was maybe like a 47 or 48. But anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. I, like, I, I think he could slide into that 47 through 50 kind of range and and shouldn't cause too much of a stink, I, I wouldn't think, in, in my opinion. So those are my three guys. I got my, I got my snubs. Uh, so, uh, Will Manny. Eric Law, Wes Berg, Kate Van Rapphorst, Chris Aslanian. Those are my mm-hmm. those are my snubs. Because um, if you look at two point goals, Aslanian and Van Rapphorst are in the are in the the top five. Um, if you look at at goals, Eric Law's in the top five. Um, he had twenty two with that. Uh, Will Manny is Will Manny, so you freaking like his resume speaks for himself. Um, and you know, a uh, honorable mention would definitely be Nakai Montgomery because again, he is one of the best two-way players. So I was uh, I was a little shocked. Um, and 
Um, I I get why, especially when the Chrome didn't use him as much. But I was kind of shocked to see Connor Farrell not make the list at all. Um, but again, that's just me. You guys might have a little uh, different mm-hmm. opinion. Um, uh, let's see, Brian, do you have any uh, snubs? Um, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm just thinking that because when I think snubs, it's always fun to talk about who we think like the fifty, who's fifty-one on that list. So I wasn't want to put more polls. So I, I, I don't know if I'm, I put Troy Ray at fifty. So if like if I t- was to take him out for another poll, I know he got injured. Gavin Adler had a, I think he had a wonderful. Uh, rookie yeah. season, I would have I would have him on there. Um, also, yeah, Cade probably as well. Everything that um, Neil said. Another player I was thinking of possibly with Jared Connors because because he, he was getting a lot of flack going into the season because people were like, man, this is people were talking about him as the next um, Michael Earhart, and then people a lot of people thought that he hadn't been playing that well, and I think he really um, stepped up going into the season. So those are probably yeah, he's. Be- and I, I just saw something that I didn't even realize, even as an Archers fan. He he's twice been an LSM of the Year finalist. Yes, mm-hmm. the last two years. Yeah, the last two years, and he's not and he's not on the top fifty. Right. I just love the balloons with this thing. Uh, Jackson, what about he's you? Giving me hand signals. Any snubs? Um. Yeah. Uh. I think Ian McKay. Uh. Is definitely oh, a big snub. Because, what do you say? He's a machete. What do you call him? Machete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Swiss Swiss Army machete or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he plays – he's one of the better two-way midfielders in the league and will pick up a pole every once in a while, play a little LSM for them, uh, former Archers guy. Um, and I also want to talk about Trey LeClaire. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he plays a ton of two-way. He played a ton on the wings for us this past year. Uh, I think he had four points in the championship game. Um, Another quiet, freak quiet guy that does a job. Yeah. So What the heck? Oh, that's my fault. Hold on. Keep talking. I'm doing things. There we go. Um, yeah, and then I, obviously Will Manny and CVR, I think both deserved spots on the list. Um, you know, just excelled at all the things that they were supposed to do and probably even went a little further. So those are like my four guys. Oh, yeah. Those are, that, that is not bad. Um, Yo, gentlemen, thank you all so much for being on this uh, episode. As we start to get up out of here, uh, go ahead and let the the uh, people know where they can find you at on social media. Uh, we'll start with you, Brian. Um, you can find me on Twitter slash X at Brian with an I, nose lax. I like that. Uh, Neil? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, I am Neil Barrett. That's, that's me. Jackson. And I'm at Blake, V-L-A-K-E, Van, V-A-N, on Twitter. Awesome. Y'all can find me on Instagram at DreConnor48. Uh, Twitter is underscore Surlax a lot. Do not add me on Facebook. That's freaking weird. Um, you know, listen to the other podcasts on the network, the Draylax podcast, the Aim High podcast, Four Corners of Commentary, Shogun Soccer Sit Down with Ahun the Shogun, A Different Angle with Kyle and Rod, Sucio Boys, Sucio Sports, and, you know, I'm Dre. I'm getting up out the way. Life's short. Don't fill up on bread. Thank y'all so much for being a part of this episode.